I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, one of the most critical questions of our seemingly never-ending pandemic. Once you've had COVID, can you get it again? The short answer, as we've learned, unfortunately, is yes. At one time, scientists hoped people might only get infected once. In time, that would have meant the demise of the disease as it ran out of people to infect. But the Omicron surge saw lots of COVID cases among those who had already been infected. And those who got Omicron may not be well protected in the future. But all of this isn't bad news. As my colleague Aaron Alday reports, studies increasingly show that so-called hybrid immunity, vaccination plus infection, may provide the strongest protection. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing all right, Damien. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for coming on. It's been a little while. Good to have you back. Aaron, as we move into another phase of the pandemic, let me just ask you some basics first. How many people have been infected? How many people have been infected twice? Has anyone been infected three times? The short answer is we don't know actually how many people have been reinfected. We're not really great at kind of keeping tabs nationally or locally on on people who have multiple infections. We just kind of have the raw case counts. Um, we do know that there are people who have been infected twice and three times and I think even four times. Um, and, and that's just from people kind of self-reporting it or, or a handful of studies that have looked at that. So, you know, I think as as you pointed out um, at the top of this, um, I think early on, very early on, we had hoped that reinfection would be rare. Um, and it certainly looked that way. There were a few very early cases back in early 2020 of reinfection. And it was thought that those were just sort of very unlucky individuals and we wouldn't see much of that. But I think, you know, we started to see more reinfections as time passed. We saw a few of them in Delta and then Omicron. We really saw quite a few reinfections. And I think you reported that about 40 percent of people have now had the coronavirus, correct? Well, it's that's sort of the CDC's latest rough estimate. Um, there's a lot of ranges in that. Again, that's one thing that's, that's we it's really hard to tell and we don't know. It could be as high as 60 percent, but it's it's some pretty high percentage of Americans. Yeah. So if there were no reinfection, we'd be moving to a point where maybe it wouldn't be moving through the community at all. Well, yeah. I mean, between infection and vaccination, if we had, you know, 50 to 60 percent of people infected and then the rest vaccinated, we'd be basically at, at what, you know, we we had thought about herd immunity, right, where you get such high levels of immunity that the virus just can't find anybody susceptible to infect anymore. But that's just, you know, between vaccinations not holding up quite that well at preventing infection and then that potential for reinfection, we're just not ever going to get there. Why would there be hope that that maybe there wouldn't be reinfection? And what changed? That's, I think, a really good question. I, I suspect that early on that was just sort of some wishful thinking. You know, early on, we just didn't know anything about this new virus. And you know, I think based on maybe what we'd seen with the first SARS, that SARS-1 back in 2003, and what we had seen with another coronavirus called MERS, reinfections weren't very common. But those were both pretty small and, and short in duration outbreaks. So, you know, we maybe just didn't have time to see reinfection. I think now when we look at other coronaviruses, obviously people get, you know, common colds caused by the coronavirus all the time. So I don't Looking at it now, I think from from where we are, it feels a little bit naive to have thought that reinfection wasn't going to happen. And also just the fact that we weren't, you know, there were a lot of cases early on and we just weren't seeing that many people reinfected. But that's probably just because it needed a little bit of time to play out. And it sounds like Omicron really changed the outlook on this, right? I mean, what did we learn? I mean, is it all bad news or or the fact that a lot of reinfections occurred with this more mild disease? Maybe there's some good news there. 
Yeah, I don't actually think it is all bad news. I think it was maybe, you know, Omicron to me kind of sealed the deal on how common reinfection was going to be because there were just so many people getting getting infected for a second time that it was like, okay, clearly this is a thing. Clearly we can't really count on much, you know, people who get infected, they're not immune, like fully immune going forward. But that's, we kind of already knew that. So it's disappointing, but, but we can move on. And there's lots to be feeling optimistic about, which is, you know, if you are infected, that's essentially like getting a booster. And it's maybe even better than um, a vaccine booster. I mean, not to say that people should go out and seek an infection, that definitely should people should not be doing that. But if you do get infected, and especially if you're already vaccinated, that's that's going to give you really good protection, maybe not against future infections, but against future severe disease. And I think with each sort of you know, role of these surges, you'll see my you, you could see milder and milder disease in these individuals. And some people think that part of the reason Omicron was generally a milder surge caused generally milder d- disease is because we, you know, so many of the people who were infected were people who had already been infected, plus were already pretty vaccinated. So, you know, it's it's going to to provide protection. It's just not going to, you know, end the pandemic. I think you referred to that as hybrid immunity. That's if you've been vaccinated, boosted, perhaps, and also had had the disease, right? Correct. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of studies now that that suggest that that hybrid immunity um, is actually maybe the strongest form of immunity. And there's there's a lot of we don't really know why that is exactly, but there's a lot of kind of speculation. One of the thinking is that if you get, say, vaccinated, it gives your body that sort of first initial like. Uh, you know, immune response. Like it just sort of says to the body, okay, this is something to anticipate. This is, you know, start putting together this response, be ready for this. And then if you get infected, that actually just sort of, it, it, it latches onto that and it primes the body even more. And the thinking also is because infection comes in through the nose, like you inhale it, you actually get this sort of what they call mucosal immunity, where you actually get immune cells and immune responses in your nose, in your upper upper respiratory tract that might give you a little bit better protection at fending off that, that sort of initial virus. Again, it's not 100%, but it, it's probably a little bit better than, you know, a shot in the arm. So you're saying that perhaps even more so than having like another booster, it might be preferable to actually have the disease. Well, it's only preferable to have had COVID in the sense of preventing future disease, but, you know, it's certainly not something that anybody should seek out for that protection. And it's still obviously best to avoid COVID altogether if you can. And another factor is that the that sort of combination of of the vaccine plus that that an infection seems to create like a more kind of diverse um, immune response. So it's like you get a, a broader range of antibodies and immune cells that may be better able to sort of fend off different variants moving forward and just sort of provide kind of a more well-rounded protection. I'm way oversimplifying this, by the way. Um, it's it's a pretty co- it's a very complicated science, but but that's what some of those studies show is you get just sort of a, a more kind of well-rounded, robust sort of immune response from getting that that vaccine immunity plus the, the immunity from infection. Okay. We are not, Aaron, recommending that people do this because of the risks associated with getting the 
the coronavirus, correct? Yeah, and it's not like it's so much better immunity, right? Like I've never had, um, I've never been infected. I still haven't had COVID, but I have had, you know, two shots and, and a booster. And I don't, you know, I, the, the payoff for me of getting, you know, infected um, and getting maybe a little bit better, you know, infection, it's not worth the trade, the risk of maybe having a bad case of COVID or, or God forbid, getting like long COVID, right? Like there's definite, definite downsides to being infected that you want to avoid. And it's, it's, it's definitely not worth trying to get infected to get a little bit of an extra edge in, in protection. Okay. I have more questions for you, Aaron, all day, but let's take a quick break on Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bullwood, joined by Chronicle reporter Aaron Alday. Aaron, let me give you a scenario. The year is 2035, okay? I have had now COVID 17 times. And 29 booster shots. Am I immune from the disease? There's a lot to parse out there. No, you're you're probably you're probably not immune to the disease. But I would guess that by then, uh, and first of all, there's very unlikely you're going to be getting 29 booster shots. We can we can that's a whole other topic. But but that's that's not very likely for you to to have gotten that many booster shots. But you know, by then, um, presumably, if you get exposed to to this coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2. It's going to be a pretty mild infection. You're probably not going to be at very high risk at all of having of having severe illness. With with all of those infections and all of those boosters, you're 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 in pretty good shape. All right. Also, very difficult to put all those boosters on my vaccination card in my wallet. You would need multiple vaccination cards. <laughs> all right, Aaron. You know, I, I'm always tempted to ask you how this relates to the flu. It's something that people associate with. It. They get the the flu shot every every year, or at least a lot of people. How does this compare? Yeah, no, I think it's reasonable to think of it that way, because you're right, that's where most of our sort of experience with these kinds of diseases come from. Um, and there are some similar, I mean, it, it's helpful to think of it as in comparison to the flu, because, you know, we all get exposed to the flu probably every year. We probably encounter it in some way, right? Like we share a BART train with somebody who has, you know, is coughing, has the flu and is coughing all over us or, you know, where you have a sick kid or something. But we don't all actually get the flu every year. Even if we don't get flu shots, it's not like we get the flu. I think I've had it maybe two or three times as an adult. And that's largely because we just have lived our whole lives being exposed to it pretty regularly. And so we're kind of constantly getting these these little boosters. Even if we don't get an annual flu shot, we're constantly getting exposed, reminding our immune system. Our immune system is evolving to sort of get better at fending off the flu. And so I think the thinking is that we might, you know, we are and we hopefully will continue to see that happening with this coronavirus where the more often we're sort of we, we encounter it, which again is not to say that you should try to encounter it. This is not something you should pursue, but just by living with it, by coexisting with it, we're going to kind of it's gonna cross our path more and more often. And each time it sort of helps our immune system refine and kind of get better at at fending it off and potentially fending off future variants. Now this is all, you know, still a lot of speculation because we still have only been living with this for two years and we don't really know there's there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know how durable how durable our immunity will be, how long it will last. We don't know what variants will come up, and and some variants could come up that really completely evade or close to completely evade a lot of our immune response. So there's still a lot of questions out there, 
but yeah, it, it's helpful to kind of compare it to the flu in that way. Okay, back to the Bay Area. It's it's late March. Um, people want to know whether there's a chance of another surge. Where what is the Bay Area status with this new variant that's out there and this issue of reinfection? From what people tell me, so there is this this new kind of subvariant of Omicron known as BA two, and it's even more infectious. Um, and we've seen it sort of creating these these spikes in cases in some other countries. And so you know, it's on people's mind: Are we going to see that happening? You know, in the United States and the Bay Area, it's harder to tell with the United States because there's so much variability. But what people tell me is, at least in the Bay Area, it's pretty unlikely we'll see a big spike in cases from BA2. Um, and a lot of that is because, you know, one thing with with reinfection is if you're infected with, with a variant with the coronavirus, you will be pretty well protected against reinfection, at least for a few months. Not, you know, for a lifetime, not even maybe for a year, but for at least, say, three or four months, you're you know, your chances if you got Omicron of getting this BA2 back to back, very, very unlikely. That's probably not going to happen. And so, you know, even if we see BA2, because it's so infectious when it gets here, it may cause, you know, kind of an uptick. It may just lengthen the Omicron surge so it just doesn't get down very low. Um, so there's probably going to be some noticeable effect, but it's not going to be anything like what we've experienced before. So the people that you're talking to are not worried about some kind of surge in in short order coming and knocking the Bay Area over again. Correct. Yeah. But they, you know, they definitely are saying beyond, you know, spring, it's really, really hard to say. Um, We don't know what happens in the summer and the fall and certainly next winter. So there's, you know, there still is a lot of uncertainty about whatever comes after BA2, assuming there is another variant. It still feels like a lot of the stuff we've been talking about holds true. I mean, for vaccinated communities that are boosted, uh, the the risk is less, but, but communities that aren't are still going to have a lot more risk out there. And it also just seems to, I mean, as much as we talk about hybrid immunity, I mean, you want that vaccination so that if you do get the virus, it's going to be milder and then offer you that extra protection. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even even communities that don't have high vaccination rates, but maybe they got like a ton of Omicron cases, you know. At, at some point that if that's all they're counting on, and that's one thing, you know, that that studies have found is if all you're counting on is protection from Omicron, you haven't been vaccinated and that's all you've been infected with. Some studies are showing that really doesn't provide very durable protection and it doesn't provide very good cross immunity, which is to say that if you've had Omicron, it's not going to protect you very well against uh, infection with a, with another variant down the line. So, you know, in, we're in pretty good shape if you're vaccinated plus plus infected. But if you're only have had Omicron and that's that's what you're leaning on. And, you know, there are communities where that's kind of all they've got. You're not really in very good shape. Um, I would be very nervous in that situation. Aaron Alday, thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having me again, Damien. Thanks to my guest today. She's Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday to Cecilia Lay for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. <laughs> 